Amen. So uh, today is going to be a, you know, a, a different kind of service. Um, I'm going to briefly speak to you uh, for a few minutes, and then we are going to receive from Jesus. Uh, he says that individually, you all are temples of the living God. And then he says also in Peter, collectively, that we are a living temple being built up into him as the head. So he's here, whether you perceive him as being here or not. And as such, uh, he is the, the king. He has a kingdom to give, and that's through his Holy Spirit that he gives to us righteousness, peace, joy. The very things that were in him, he longs to give to you. And, and oftentimes it does happen when we're in a teaching environment and you're hearing preaching happen. Uh, we also need to be able to be holistic and to stretch other parts of how we interact with God. And today we're going to do that. Um, in Hebrews chapter 2, we've been going through the letter of Hebrews and we're going to continue to do so. Uh, in verse 14, uh, sorry, chapter 2, I'm going to go actually all the way to 17. It says, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation or atonement for the sins of the people so that he could uh, carry those sins, so that he could cover over those sins. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are also being tempted. And, and I'm just going to focus on this. We talked a bit about this a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in the weeks ahead. Uh, today we're going to experience it first and then teach more about how it is that we are experiencing God. And so Jesus enters into your life. He actually already did that on the cross. Uh, he entered into all of humanity's sin and our nature on the cross. God the divine coming into a temporal body, a sinful body, came into your life and my life and took on our pains, took on our sins, and experienced those things himself on the cross. All sin was placed upon him, even though he was innocent. And as such, he's experienced the very things that you go through in your own life. Uh, and, and some of those things are jubilant. Some of those things that you go through are, are joyous, they're amazing. You know, having a friend that gets you, that you can look at and say, me too. Uh, I think that's the quote that C.S. Lewis says, you recognize a friend when they turn to you and that same desire that you had to go, I have that same one as well, like me, me too. And you recognize another that likes the things that you like. It's like, oh, that's great. That's glorious. He's with you in that. That's why he created, that's one of the reasons why he created all this. He's also there in the, the destructive times of our life. When we look at those that we love and we know that we know that we have hurt them in a way that is grievous and causes us to experience all kinds of negative emotions, you know, shame, regret, wishing that we could grab it back and wishing that we could make it well, but feeling powerless to do so at times, even at our own pleading, knowing that we really don't have the power to help that soul become fully healed and whole again. Jesus is with you in that too, as the one who can make that person heal whole again. He has that same power also for you today. There are places in your own life that have made it difficult for you to be completely honest with yourself. And we call them blind spots because we really don't see them that are there. 
in the counseling term, that might be suppressions or repressions, that we are ignorant of the things that oftentimes are causing the various negative things in our lives. We don't know what those are. We wish that we did at times, but sometimes we just don't have the courage or the insight to know what that is. He is here today to help you enter into that at another level. And so we're going to make some space also for him to show you his power there. He's a savior, after all. The book of Hebrews, the letter that some say Paul, most don't know, wrote. Uh, the very point of it is to show the supremacy of Jesus in all things. He is the supreme revelation of God. He is the supreme uh, sacrifice and atonement for all sins. He's also the supreme savior, meaning that he's a better savior than you are. <laughs> uh, if you're anything like me, you try to save yourself. You try to get better at what you do. You try to work harder. You try to make yourself look better. You try to Facebook out all the negatives. You, know. you try to save yourself. And there comes a point at times, if you're honest, when at nighttime or maybe in the morning or maybe in the middle of the day, when you can't overcome that thing that continues to get in the way. Uh, there's a fear that's there. There's an inadequacy that you just don't want to acknowledge. There is that, uh, that terrifying experience of powerlessness. And that's actually the human condition. If you have had the courage to enter into that, God bless you already. That's a grace. Uh, for some of us, that's just unknown territory. We can't acknowledge those things because it's just too dark and scary. But Jesus is the supreme revelation of salvation, meaning that he is able to save, heal, deliver, and completely renew that place. Because you need to know that place is there, and you need to know a power that is there that is able to always overcome the very challenges that you have had in your life to overcome those things. And maybe you haven't experienced that. Maybe you've heard in churches that there is a God who can raise the dead, that can pull people out of the grave, that is going from Saturday to Sunday. And, and that's, that's intellectually there. It's an educational model. And you're like, I, I know that. I acknowledge that. And there's a hope that I continue to have and I'll experience that fully. But it's hard sometimes to really fully experience that. So today, if you're willing, we're going to set up times for you to grow a little closer to that, make those steps. And that was going to require you to trust the space, trust the process during our time. And so this is going to be a time, uh, you know, if you know it from the Old Testament, like a Selah moment, uh, Paul's in his presence. If you're familiar with a Catholic upbringing, there's the contemplative prayer, you know, there's Ignatian prayer, uh, there's the Lectio Divina. If you're more from a charismatic stream, this would be like soaking in the presence of God. However you want to describe it, we're making space today to encounter Jesus, meaning that I'm going to lead you through prayer prompts while you're comfortable in your chair or anywhere else you want to go here. And then I'm going to have times of silence with some gentle background music. And in that time, I'm going to be walking you through, as you would want to, be open to the Lord ministering to you. We're going to do this for a little while. We're going to, we've got about 30 minutes to do this. And then we're going to have a good long time also of communion after this. So the, the Lord has set a table for you. And he feeds, and what he feeds is himself. Jesus is the bread of life. When the Israelites in John chapter 6 are wondering about this Jesus who then multiplied bread to the 4,000, to the 5,000, like, they, they follow the bread. They, they follow sustenance. They, they follow security, not knowing 
that it wasn't the point of the bread that Jesus was multiplying the bread. The point of the bread was the point to Jesus who satisfies the soul. And that's what he was rebuking his disciples about when they didn't understand the miracles. He was telling them, be careful of the yeast of the, the, uh, the Pharisees and of Herod because the, the world itself is so powerfully encroaching into those places of our heart where we need to know the power of God that it's, it's, it's often you know, harder than we can imagine sometimes to remain abiding in his provision for us. And we're making space today for you to experience that again. Uh, in prayer this week, I, I just sensed strongly that our congregation uh, needed rest and, and needed to be filled afresh with him because uh, there's a, a pivot point that we are having for the weeks and months ahead where the Lord is going to continue to do great things amongst us. Uh, a lot of that's going to be healing. And so you've, you've, if you've been here for long enough, you know that we have been a, a, a community that's established in rest. After a while of rest and you become comfortable that Jesus is real, that, that he really does love you, and that he's powerful enough to genuinely save you. After that, you can begin to open up. Be honest. Let your friends know that there are things in your life that hurt. Let the Lord know that there are places in your life that you're scared of. Because you see now that he's safe enough. He gives you rest enough that you can truly let those things out and breathe a bit. And he's doing that, and he's going to be doing that. We are a congregation that has many fathers and mothers because there's many orphans that need to come here and receive a dad and receive a mom and our father. And so you are those who the Lord will be bringing others to. And so uh, this is also a season for you to rest and to receive and to enjoy Jesus. So I, I want to set that up for you. One of the other aspects of this that I'm going to encourage you in is to make sure in this that you are looking to Jesus. Um, since the fall, since the garden, you know, when, when Adam initially saw Eve and said, this is flesh of my flesh, this is bone of my bone, and then there was the fall, no longer was Adam seeing Eve and Eve seeing Adam as, as an other uh, they were projecting their needs of their own ego satisfaction and their own pride satisfaction on others and finding uh, their satisfaction in a self-made image, either in people or in idols, meaning that uh, mankind has been making God and making images in man's own image, even to the point of losing their identity and things like this, uh, because uh, we, we no longer know who we are and we, we have to believe as a result of that, that we need to make something in our own image to be loved. If I can love something outside of myself that looks like me, then I'm lovable. As opposed to receiving from Jesus, you are lovable as you are. And so in 1 John chapter 3, John says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. And this is the scary thing for you. In a culture that is craving identity, you're not going to fully know who you are this side of, of the Lord. You're going to know in many ways. You're beloved. You're going to know your last name. You're, you're beloved. You are uh, you know, chosen. You are sinless. You're innocent. You're righteous. You're part of God's family. You're clean. You're empowered with the Holy Spirit. But the fullness of who you are yet it isn't going to be completely revealed until Jesus returns. And yet there's this always, we have a longing to be known and seen, and that is possible when we look at Jesus. Sometimes we find it in a spouse. Sometimes we find it in friends. That, aha, I'm now seen and known. That's wonderful. And there, there are pictures that are there. there. There are people that are there. The Lord puts there so that we can be seen and known for a time and a season. 
Like manna, though, it's to point us to the one that can always satisfy our soul. And so I want to encourage you guys in this time today to look to Jesus. Because it says then after this, but when... But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So we become what we worship. That's a principle throughout Scripture. And when we see him, when he appears, we will become like him because we see him. And you can see him now through faith. And as you see him now, you will become conformed to his image. And so we stop looking to our spouses, our friends. We stop looking to our Facebook. We start looking, stop looking to our mirror and these kind of things for who we are because we won't find who we are fully in these ways, but we will in Jesus. And so in this time, I'm going to encourage you all to look in faith through Jesus. And everyone who thus hopes in him, to see him as he is, to become like him, everyone who hopes like this in Jesus purifies himself as Jesus is pure. And so one of the ways to get rid of pride, ego, vanity, uh, the encumbrances of our own you know, need to Facebook, all that stuff, is to look at Jesus and worship him and adore him. And you'll be purified. You'll, you'll see that you don't need to hold on to those things any longer. And so today, this is being offered to you. This is the table that Jesus is setting before you. to Be free and encumbered of all these things so that you can love, love freely, receive love, love, you know, experience it all the time. And I'm going to be asking you all to trust not me in this place, but trust Jesus. And then you guys trust me. Uh, and then you guys trust one another to hold the space well. Uh, when we do things like this, sometimes, and, and naturally so, it's going to bring up uh, emotions. So we're going to hold the space for one another well and recognize that in holy moments like this, treasures, you know, pearls rise up. And we are a people who guard and protect those pearls and those people. Uh, this is what it actually means to begin to walk in vulnerability, intimacy, closeness, community together. It's how Jesus walked with his buddies. And they weren't afraid after a while to share these things that are on his heart. Um, so we're going to do that. And we're going to do that for about 30 minutes. And then we're going to have some communion and continue to feed. So if you wouldn't mind to just kind of prepare yourself, you can sit in these chairs if you'd like to. Uh, some of you who are uh, you know, maybe more like me, uh, kind of need to get out and about. Maybe you just want to walk around, uh, maybe sit down on the floor, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, this, is, this is holy ground. So uh, this is a time for you and the Lord. We are in the midst of community, but I want to also encourage you guys to prepare yourself just for Jesus. So get comfortable if you would. And, uh, and we're going to have some music begin to, to turn up a bit. Um, if you want to get in the back, you can do that. And so just know that as, uh, as you all are here, Jesus, he's in our midst. He speaks over you. He speaks to you. His words are spirit and they are life. 
And so his words can be understood, uh, and sometimes his words are instead experienced. In 1 Corinthians 13, when the perfect comes, when, when Jesus is fully revealed, the knowledge will fade away, and prophecies fade away, and tongues fade away, meaning that those things, our, our mind, our, our knowledge, these kind of things which are important to us, that it's only an incomplete understanding of who God is. And so he speaks, and today he is speaking. And so allow himself to speak to you in any way that he would like to. Sometimes that's going to be through your mind and how you understand. Sometimes it's going to be purely through your affect. Sometimes it's ways that are just far deeper. And sometimes you're not going to experience anything at all. Offer that to the Lord. Offer all of that to Jesus. And simply now become open to him. So, Father, in this time right now, this is a space of rest. You tell us that we can be still and to know you intimately. In Psalm 46.10. So I ask for your Holy Spirit to grant to us stillness now. I ask for your spirit to grant to us quiet minds. Jesus, you speak. My king and my brother, my beloved, speak now. Jesus is your shepherd. You shall not want. He satisfies you so that you can rest lying down in green pastures. He is meek and lowly in heart. And a soul like that, which is still and quiet, restores you. He leads you beside waters like this, still and quiet. And he restores your soul. Open wide your soul right now like you are receiving a hug from God. And in these next minutes, let him restore your soul.
you may find it difficult at times to let him in. Ask for grace. You may simply say, Jesus, grant me grace to open up to you. To believe that you are restoring me now and delight to do so. Perhaps it's difficult to trust. Perhaps it's difficult to trust Jesus. If that's you, receive the gentle kindness of Jesus. to trust him. Receive also the gentle and kind permission to tell Jesus that you don't trust him in a specific area of your life. He is meek, lowly of heart, slow to anger, 
He abounds in steady, calm love for you. If this is you, share with him if you would where and why it's been difficult to trust him. His compassion is crouching, waiting for you. Jesus mourns with those who mourn. He rejoices with those who rejoices. And so whatever you're experiencing now as well, allow, allow yourself to know his fellowship with you. That God and his power and his witness, he bears witness. your grief, to your happiness. Share these with him and allow that to heal you. You've never been alone in these
He leads you in paths of righteousness. For you are His, and His name is on you and in you. He will rightly guide you, even through the valleys that appear like death. For he is with you. You have permission to not fear to experience fear leaving you, lifting out and off of you. His power, his authority, his justice are realized. And so you can be comforted that there is a power and a true justice that is with you and for you. Let him have your friends, beloved. Let him have your fears, beloved. Let him have your insecurities. Let him have your shames. Let him have your unbelief. Let him have your past. Let him have your victimization. Let him have your trauma. Let him have your pain. Let him have your sorrow, your rejection, your abandonment. Let him have your loneliness. Let him validate your good intentions. Let him validate your best foot forward. Let him join you in your smallness, in your meekness. And then let him reveal to you his bigness, his greatness, his power, his authority, his justice. Father, reveal Jesus now in these ways.
Jesus prepares a table before you in the presence of enemies. He has entered into your suffering. He has entered into those fears, those hurts and wounds, those difficulties, the obstacles. And in that place, he gives you himself. He knows what that's like. He won't leave you in that place. That he prepares a table before you. He anoints your head with oil. He's given you his Holy Spirit. Never to leave you. Never to forsake you. Always to save you. Always to heal you. In Jesus, now, your cup overflows. Goodness, mercy, steady, calm, passionate love surrounds you, follows you all the days of your life. You have a home. A home and a plot of land called heaven. Eternal life. His foundations is God himself. A permanent home. An unshakable home. An undefilable home. An unthreatenable home. With Jesus. Let the permanence of God in you heal you, strengthen you. Let the eternal life of Jesus in you now encourage you. Restore all hope. Calls you to reach up into the very place of the throne of God. And to see Jesus as he is, that you may worship him, that you may become like him.